Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! Well, you win some and you lose some. Unless you're on the mound, we lose them all. It's time for the second game of our radio doubleheader. I don't know, I want to put this lightly, but I mean, we're getting killed out there, and I think it's pretty much all your fault. This is the Hot Corner. You do see the trend out here, right? Every time you're on the hill, we get murdered. The inside story on baseball and more. Dude, if I end up back in rehab this season, it's all your fault. A deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports. Look at it this way. You're not the worst Little League pitcher on the planet. You just better hope that the kid that is doesn't quit. Uh, I take it back. You're the worst. Now, here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch. Martinez, two... Lanzare, Lanzare Welgus. Coach, I speak English. Dude, you're lucky your mom's hot. On 1080 The Fan. All my life I want money Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. You're missing the first hour. You can download that, the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Speaking of podcasts, Beers on Us drops tomorrow at 4 p.m. as it always does. You can grab that wherever you get your podcasts, including 1080thefan.com and the Odyssey app. Another deep conversation. Another deep conversation. I thought it went really well. Uh, things have been rolling really, really, really great with the Beers on Us podcast. So make sure you check that out, rate, subscribe, and all that jazz. Um, there's still so much to get into. I mean, I feel like we could do this show for five hours talking about baseball. I mean, we basically just spent an hour with scratching the surface on Dodgers Giants, which is one of the more captivating five game series we've seen. In baseball for a while, but I do want to transition over to we were talking about how you mentioned, Mike, how the Dodgers Giants isn't as kind of, for lack of better term, sexy as you thought it would be. I think emotionally driven. Intense is more the word I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, Let's swing over to the American League where the Boston Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. It was only four games, but boy, every game felt absolutely intense i mean every single hit led to like screams from the players like ah, i did it you know that kind of stuff you had incredible drama with the 
borderline weird call that was correct but seems stupid that led right. to then the Red Sox winning. Usually we follow rules in baseball and we're good with rules, and that was one of those times you were like, well, that rule is wrong. Right. And or, you're like 99.9% of the time it's right. Well, that time we, I watched it, and we I guess we can talk about it. Cause sure, yeah, yeah, we're here. It was game three, uh-huh. and it was extra innings. S- the moment of the series by far. In fact, I would argue moment of the playoffs. It's the moment of the postseason so far, in my opinion. And um, extra innings, the Rays were losing 4 nothing, and they tied it at 4-4, I believe, maybe 5-5. And we go to extras. There's no extra inning base runner rule, thank God. And we're in the 13th inning, I believe, 12th or 13th inning, if I remember correctly. Runner on, Yandy Diaz. Kevin Kiermeyer for the Rays is up. Former Indian, Yandy Diaz. Nine-hole hitter, has not had a good year. Smokes a ball into the right center field gap. Smokes it. And I thought it was gone. I thought it was gone, too. Everyone thought it. He thought it was gone. And then it hits the wall. At Fenway Park, the right field wall is the shortest thing you've ever seen. Um, it's <laughs> like at a guy's knee, basically. I mean, like, it's it, it's at my waist, and I am 5'6". Yes. Yes. Hits the wall, hits the ground. Right fielder Hunter Renfro is sprinting back to get it. It bounces off his knee, rolls up his leg a bit, hits his hip, and then bounces back over the wall. And everyone's like, wait a minute. What? Because he even reaches over to try to grab it. He doesn't even know what to do. He just plays the ball. I don't think anybody knows that rule or, or knew that rule in the game. And you're sitting there going, okay. So it wasn't a home run. It hit the ground. It hit the player, and it went back over the wall. So if it hit in the field of play and went over the wall, that's a ground rule double. Right. We know that rule. Straightforward, pretty traditional. You all advance two bases. In this scenario, when the ball bounced over the wall, Yandy Diaz was rounding third. So close. He he would have been safe at home if the ball had stayed in play. No question thrown. No no question asked. No ball thrown was going to beat that run. No. Not even Ichiro, Vladdy, nobody. And Kiermaier was going to be on third with the triple. Roberto Clemente could have been in right field. He was not throwing him out. So they go to the replay. They go uh, on their headsets to New Jersey or New York, and they say, what on earth do we do with this? And the rule is is in the rule book. If it is deflected off a player out of play, it is two bases. Which no matter a, what. Which is a ground rule double. Where there, there was like a little, I, I don't have it in front of me, but there was a little subsection of it that said there was umpire discretion involved. Because when I watched it, I didn't have audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out with the lady, and the game went to extras because we'd watched earlier in the game, but Boston was up. And then I found out that Tampa tied it. So I turned to the lady and I said, we got to go find a TV right now. It's on MLB Network. I can't stream it to the house. We got to go find a TV right now. And so we were watching at a bar and we didn't get audio. What I was under the impression of was in that umpire's discretion thing that you were just alluding to is had Yandi Diaz touched third before that ball went out of bounds, they would have let him score. But because in the replay, even though, God, he was right there, did not touch third, it seemed to me that the rule states you only get two bases. Here's the full rule tweeted from Jeff Passan. If a fair fly ball is deflected in flight 
by a fielder and then goes out of play outside the foul lines, so foul, the award is two bases from the time of the pitch. Like if you try to catch it, but it falls out of your mitt and goes out of bounds. If a fair ball not in flight is deflected by a fielder and then goes out of play, the award is two bases from the time of the pitch, which is kind of what happened, right? Not in flight. If a fielder has complete possession of a batted or thrown ball and subsequently deflects or kicks the ball out of play, the award is two bases from the position of the runners at the time the ball was kicked or deflected. Oh, boy. Kiermaier might have been inside the park at that point. If a fielder has complete possession of a batted or thrown ball and drops the ball and it then goes out of play, the award is two bases from the position of the runners at the time the ball was dropped. So... Uh, the problem here is the fielder did not have complete possession at all. No, no, no. He never did. So if he did have he ne- complete... He ne- in, in fact, he never touched it until it rolled off him. Right. So... And if, before we say anything, Hunter Renfro didn't do anything wrong. It's no, no, no. total incidental. Uh, so if he had possession of the ball, like if it had bounced off the wall, he had gathered it... And, and then as he in the exchange... Fumbled it, he kicked it out. Sure. Yandy Diaz would have scored because it's too... Uh, two bases from the time the ball was kicked. Like I say, hell, I think Kiermaier yeah. might have scored. It might have been a two-run inside the park home run. Yeah. But because it wasn't possession, it's just two bases from the time of the pitch, which is a ground rule double. Sure. That rule is stupid because it punishes the team that got the hit for something that the other team did, quote-unquote, wrong. Right. It's like, well, the Red Sox knocked this out of play over the wall, but you're not going to get to score because you would have easily scored – uh, otherwise, right. I, I I think what a lot of it has to do with why these rules are on the books, and most of these rules are old, old rules that we rarely, rarely come into these situations. I think a lot of these rules are placed on the books because we know this. We talk about this all the time. Baseball is a game of advantages. Baseball is a game of cheating without being caught cheating. And I think a lot of these rules are in place to prevent cherry picking. That kind of stuff of oops, accidental, but not accidental. That rarely does it ever come to a time where it actually affects incidentally. Is what I would is what I yeah. would say. Looking at not, not to like stick up for the rules and be the the cruddy old guy that I am with with baseball, but I think that's why those rules are in place. I've never seen this, Mike. I've been I've been watching. I've been watching baseball for 30 years. I've never seen this. No, I've never seen it either. There was a replay going around that the Rays actually had this happen for them where their fielder, because that left field foul wall in, in Tropicana mm-hmm. Field is really low. Mm-hmm. It happened like he did a diving attempt and it knocked out and it was a foul. Ground it went dumb. over the foul wall. Like he wall, caught but it, but as he fell over, he dropped it. Was, it. it was something like yeah. that. Uh, and it's different than the Canseco play because – can't say the ball never hit the ground on that one. Right. That so it's still airborne went over the wall and it was a home run because it never touched the ground. Right. Now, after this happened, next happening, it was almost as if it was going to be expected at this point. They had the two run home run uh, walk off from Christian Vasquez. Right. Of course. Of course. Uh, fantastic game. Incredible drama. And the Rays made a huge comeback and the extra innings were really, really intense. And I mean, that. That game was the game of the playoffs so far. Mm-hmm. That play was the play of the playoffs so yep. far. And that series was really intense. It was back and forth. Boston is a team that we've been ragging on all year. All year. And I still don't have an answer for it. I mean, I'm starting to eat eat pie here. 
I still don't have an answer for it because I, I you still be starting. I think you should be finishing your pie at this <laughs> because point. Because I still believe in my brain. I still don't get it. I mean, last week we said there's no way the Red Sox beat the Rays. There's and yet, no here way. We are. I didn't think they'd beat the the Yankees. No. I mean, I, I thought that was going to be. I would have rather played them than the Blue Jays, but I still, the Yankees sucked this year. So. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, as, as a non-biased kid that just watches me, I, 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 I still don't know. And yet the pie is served in front of me and I've taken a bite. And it tastes like crow. Well, I, you know, you know something that I that I think is really interesting that coming into Game Three and this the the situation we're talking about happened in Game Three. Series was tied at one. Series was tied at one, and those first two games in Tampa very much looked like okay. Here's the Rays. This is what they do. Still look after the first game. Still look like the team I thought. I think this team's going to the World Series. I think this team's going to win it. Second game. Boston plays better. I mean, Boston scored like 14 runs yep. in that game. Yep, Boston plays way better, no doubt about it. The series tied. I'm like, oh, okay, we got a series. Normally, I don't think this in baseball. I honestly, honestly believe that Fenway changed the game. When Xander Bogarts hit that bomb at the beginning of game three, it changed everything. Yeah. It it, it wrecked the race. Like the home field advantage of it? The you home mean? field advantage. It wrecked the race. And when this Kiermeyer thing happened, and obviously it's fluky and all that kind of stuff, it was done. Well, I mean, it was, I th- when Vasquez walked up to the plate, I'm not saying I sat there and called it, but when Vasquez walked up to the plate and he made contact, you were like, yeah, of course. Well, of course. Matt Vasgersian damn near called it. He was like, there's been seven walk-off hits by catchers in the playoffs. Next pitch. You watched gone. it, and you were like, of course. Yeah. And then when game four played, I, the Rays are my World Series champion. I'm like, you're done. I you're think, done. I think the thing about this series that was interesting to me was all year we've been praising the Rays for getting it done with less, like per usual. But even later in the year, it became more extreme with their pitching staff where it was like a bunch of rookies, right? Shane Baz and Shane McClanahan and uh, Luis Patino and uh, all these guys, uh, Rasmussen, the former Beeb, who they got in the trade this year. Right. All of them played huge roles. And then they got their Fairbanks and and the back end of the bullpen guys. But watching them against the Red Sox, I went, oh, these guys are rookies. They They crumbled. They didn't have the one or two pitchers that you were like, I trust that pitcher in the playoffs. It was like, can this guy go three? No, he can't go three. And the bullpen guys and the starters that we bagged on all year for the Red Sox stepped up. Well, they started using their starters in the bullpen because most of their bullpen wasn't very good. (laughs) It hates me to say this, and I'll finish it on this. You know what it is? It's Alex Cora. I think it's some of it. I think Alex Cora is a huge part. All right, when we come back, I do want to shift over to the National League. We'll give the American League a break. We'll get to the White Sox Astros uh, in about 15 minutes. But I want to slide over and talk Braves, Brewers in... Even though it didn't go five, also a very exciting series for completely different reasons. We'll get to that next. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. (laughs) 
922, Portland Sports Leader. We are live from the poop-filled Willamette. I love this text, 503-250-1080. Boston actually hit well all series. Even the first game where they were shut out, they hit six-plus balls that went 100 miles an hour plus. I did see that. I have a, Boston's I have... offense was great, and J.D. Martinez came through. Bogey was bogey, and J.D. was J.D. Like Endeavors. Endeavors. And then you get a little output from some of the small guys like Kike. I don't mean small in height. I mean small in, like, stature, talent. Well, I don't like, know, man. Kike, Kike been Hernandez big... might be the MVP of the Boston Red Sox right now. Well, he, I think he's been all year. He's been incredible for them all year. He had one rough patch in the second half of the season, but he's been really good. No, I mean, you're right. I did see I have a, a guy I went to college with who is in Boston now doing some sports radio, and he's tweeting all the Red Sox stuff. And he's a big stack guy. And he had that. He was like, even though the Red Sox aren't scoring, every ball is hit. 100 miles an hour plus. So, yeah, the offense is just clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And look, the pitching has rebounded. And that's the thing. We have one Red Sox fan who, who's who been texting us. Might be the same guy who sent us that text. Who's been saying the pitching's been better. The pitching's been better. Because it was really rough to start the year. And we've been, to be honest, a little blindly harsh on the Red Sox. You see them more than I do. I mean, you know that I'm blindly harsh on them all the time because I hate them. But I, I I, haven't really watched them a whole lot this year. I just looked at paper and I was like, this team's not very good. You I love Bogarts. I will love Bogey till the end of time. But this team, to me, was not very good. Yavaldi's been very good. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, what a game he pitched in uh, game four. And they needed him, and I expected him to get shelled. And he's a guy who statistically has been terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Another thing I saw, his uh, his his advanced analytics – show that he should have had a 3-2 ERA this year, but he had a 5-7. Well, a lot of bad luck. Well, so there's that. They moved some of the guys who were struggling in the rotation into the bullpen. Looking at you, Garrett Richards, he was awful in the rotation. He was much better in the bullpen. Uh, innings limit for Tanner Houck. He's Tanner been great Houck, for them. what's up, dude? Nick Pavetta out of the bullpen Pavetta. was great in game yep. three. Was that game three? I think it was. Where's Matt Barnes? He wasn't even on the roster, I don't think. <laughs> That's what I mean. And then Garrett Whitlock, who's a guy that yeah. you got yeah. uh, in the Rule 5 draft, I'm pretty sure, um, just became your closer and has been really, really good. So it's just it, it just all kind of clicked at the right time for them, which is I think some of it as Alex Cora is a great manager, and some of it's just, hey, peak at the right time, right? Yeah, right place, right time. So we'll be watching the Red Sox, and we'll come back at you next week because we'll know a lot about the Red Sox in a, in a week from now. Uh, But switching over to the National League and get to uh, what was actually probably the second best series, you know, because we don't know how Dodgers Giants end. So I'm taking them off the table. But the second best series would be Brewers uh, Brewers Braves. Uh, A side note, uh, as a baseball historian guy, I love that both teams are wearing 44. Um, It's the first time they've ever met in the playoffs. And it's just a cry and shame that the hammer is not around to see it as he is the face of both of those franchises. Uh, so shout out to, to 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 Hank and all that you did for baseball. But what was really fun about this series, it's the complete opposite. And it's just when you look at Boston, Tampa, that's the American League, right? Mm-hmm. That's the American League. You get some good starters in there, but it's timely hitting and it's big mash. And then you slide over to the National League and boy, it is pitching, pitching, pitching. And the Brewers came in with, I would say, top to bottom, the better staff. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to slight on their hitting by any means because I think they've been pretty good all year. But I would give the edge to the Braves in the in the hitting department, which is funny because they haven't had Acuna all year. Um, 
the Braves showed a lot of moxie in this game, in this series. And I think after the first game, I would have picked the Braves to win this series. I do, like I said, I am a pitching guy. I do think the, the Brewers have a better pitching staff, top to bottom, bullpen and starters. But game one, they only lost game one because Charlie Morton threw one bad pitch. That was it. Yep. That was it. And to see this Braves team battle back, whoever comes out of Giants-Dodgers are going to be a little beat up. I think this Braves team is a little sneaky right now. I think they got to guys when they needed to. I thought they were well-managed. I love the leadership, and that infield is just showing you why they're the best infield in baseball. Well, I mean, you talk about pitching. We had 2-1, 3-zip, and 3-zip in the first three games, Mm -hmm. and then 5-4 in game four. I'm actually pretty shocked at the way this series went, Um, mostly because I want to give credit to the Brave starters who really outperformed who I thought was the best staff in the playoffs. Boy, Max Freed looked good. He did. Boy, he looked good. And Charlie Morton is always good in the playoffs, and I should stop forgetting that. But Charlie Morton, best ERA in elimination games in the history of baseball. Yeah, he's incredible. But with Corbin Burns mm-hmm. and with Brandon Woodruff mm-hmm. and with Freddie Peralta. Mm-hmm. Who and, that, and that bullpen who was a little short. Yeah, because Devin Williams punched a wall. Idiot. Um, with those three starters who were all Cy Young candidates this year, mm-hmm. I thought despite the fact that the Braves were a better offensive team than the Brewers, there was no chance they were going to win this series. And all three of those starters pitched pretty well. They pitched pretty well, but the Braves just outpitched them. I mean, Freed pitched great in game two, which I was not expecting. Freed's been up and down all year. He's been hurt right. a couple of times. <clears throat> he was fantastic. You know me. I got hearts on my string, and Max Freed pitches well, and I'm like, that's my, that's my guy. That's my quarterback. And it's in, in, and then game two, it was – or sorry, game one, it was Morton. Game two, it was mm-hmm. Freed. And it was just like, okay, Braves, you're, you're punching back at their strength with mm-hmm. what is not your strength. Mm-hmm. And you did just enough offensively. It's funny, game four – the Braves, that that's kind of what gives me a little bit of that, like, ooh, the Giants or Dodgers should be nervous because the Brewers had that game one. Mm-hmm, I agree. A couple of times. They, yeah. I mean, I mean, basically the, from the beginning until Freddie stepped up to the plate. Yep. The Brewers kept extending the lead, and the Braves kept tying it. But the, the Brewers had runners on base the entire game, and they didn't cash in all the time. And then off of Hayter in the eighth, lefty on lefty, and Freeman just hit it straightaway center field. I saw it was only the second time Hader on a curveball's given up a home run. Both were to Freddie Freeman. Let me ask you something, a little quick piece of trivia. Who's the National League MVP last year? Oh, God, in the COVID year? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It's Freddie Freeman. Was he MVP? Yep. Oh. That guy is the Braves. I was talking with a friend. <clears throat> we're talking a little bit Braves. Braves, Milwaukee. And it's like, God, and he said, God, I can't believe that the Braves not only won the series, but looked this good without their best player. And I was like, you're totally right, dude. Like, I almost feel bad for Acuna. They got a real shot at winning this thing, and Acuna's not there. I don't know if Acuna's their best player. He is. Mike, I don't know if that's true. I think it is true. Do you see what I'm saying on this, though? Well, yeah, Freddie Freeman is criminally underrated. From a talent standpoint... From a marketing standpoint, from a positional standpoint, Ronald Acuna is your guy. He's the five-star player, five-tool player. But even if he's healthy, I dare you to ask that question to Atlanta Braves players. 
they all might say their best player is Freddie. And he showed up when they needed it. And this Braves team, who I have been all over for three years, the one year that I'm down on them, this team can win a World Series. I truly believe it. They're in the NLCS, whether they play the Dodgers or the Giants. And I don't believe what we were talking about, what Dusty was saying earlier about like teams having to exhaust all options to get out of that round. I, I still think whoever comes out of that will be favored against the Braves. Boy, I'm not ready to cut this Braves team out. Anderson pitched well. You got Charlie Morton. Max Fried is there. And it's so funny. Soroka, who might be the best guy on their staff, is out. And Acuna, who might be the best guy in the field, is out. And this team looks better than it has in the last three Boy, years. Boy, though, I, don't, I do not trust that bullpen. The second they brought in Will Smith to close the series out. No, but he got jiggy with it. It made it happen. And I was just like, ah. He's, he's got like 10 blown saves this year. I know. Luke Jackson scares the bejesus out of me when he comes out. And I think that's the problem is in a series against the Dodgers or the Giants, the starters aren't going to be going quite as long. You're going to need to get into the bullpen, and that's where you get a little nervous. Well, yeah, you've got your two starters, and then you get thin. Anderson's not going long. I don't know who they'll throw game four. Um, I mean, I can look at it and tell you, but I just mean, well, I it. Saw, I just mean it figuratively well, more out, than literally. Out of the pen, they put uh, Enoa out there. I bet you he could probably start game four. Remember, he was great before he sure. hurt himself. Um, I think he might have punched the wall as well. I do think they're against the eight ball. I don't think that... They will win. What's boy, punching walls? I don't know. But, boy, I like this team in this position better than I have in the last few years. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i pretty indifferent on the Braves. Yeah. I kind of just feel like they're good. <laughs> but that's about as far as I'm going to go. Boy, it's so fun. This is why I love baseball. Mike and I, Mike, I, I consider you one of the most knowledgeable baseball people I know. You know I watch just as much as you, and we are completely different on a team that we've both seen the same amount. That's what's great about baseball. When we come back, I do want to get into that last American League uh, series that went down as the Houston Astros did eliminate the Chicago White Sox. We'll touch a little bit about that and then preview the ALCS as the NLCS hasn't quite wrapped up. We'll do all that next, but first, there's my man Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. When we come back next week, it'll be pretty fun because uh, all these conversations we're having about the playoffs right now uh, don't really matter because we'll be in a whole new ball game. How many times will we be wrong? All of them, probably. All of them, probably. Uh, but we'll finish up recapping kind of what went down, and we'll be real quick about it because, honestly, I don't think there was a whole lot to talk about. Uh, when it comes to Houston, Chicago, I've, I find what's really interesting as Houston advances to their fifth straight ALCS. What I find really interesting is is that over the you know last couple of years, we've been talking about this this growing monster that the White Sox could be, and these moves they made at the deadline this year, what they did in free agency, especially when it comes to the bullpen. They added Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrell, and it starts looking like okay. The young kids are starting to advance. Tim Anderson is a certified batting champion and going to compete for that every year. Jose Abreu, the current reigning American League MVP from COVID season. His team looks really solid. And 
boy, were they beat from the jump. Well, I kind of thought this was going to happen because the White Sox pitchers are so predicated on the fastball. And the Astros just hit the fastball. <laughs> the Astros lineup is disgustingly good. Oh, yeah. Um, it has been. It has been for, you know, six years now. The fact that Carlos Correa is hitting seventh, sixth or seventh. Yeah, sixth or seventh in that lineup is hysterical. Um, you had two guys going for the batting title. In Michael Brantley and Yuli Gurriel. And one of them got it. Yep. <laughs> and it was Gurriel, right? It was. And, and he's like 37, which is insane. Um, they just rake fastballs, and they don't mm-hmm. strike out. And the White Sox were predicated on fastballs and strikeouts. And I think that's purely all that mattered in this series. You know, White Sox, excuse me, the White Sox won game three, got themselves back in the series. They scored kinda, some runs on that one. kind of saw that coming. Yeah, you know, they're back home. But... The Astros were just better, and it, it wasn't close. It wasn't really that close. And what I find so interesting about this is I know we were really – I don't want to say we because I don't remember, but I think you were with me, but I'll let you speak for yourself. I was really harsh on La Russa as a hire. Me too. And I still am. I still don't love it, but I don't think that's the reason why they lost. Their starting pitching wasn't good. Their bullpen wasn't good. And then on the flip side of it, Houston, whose two best pitchers, one had Tommy John and the other pitches for the Yankees, and their bullpen is a disaster. They had the better staff. They had the better staff from top to bottom. Sure, they got in a shootout in one game, but the Astros, what I've always thought is that bullpen is probably, the Astros probably have the worst bullpen of all teams remaining in the playoffs. They might have the worst bullpen of all teams entering the playoffs. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, Presley is good. The rest, I think, is real suspect. Graveman's good. Is he? Yeah. I know he he got hit around for one game, but Yimi Garcia they brought in from the Marlins, I don't think that's a bad bullpen. But I don't love their starters either. I think the Braves bullpen. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But but what I'm getting at is that I think this team has a lot of holes in their pitching staff, and they showed up to a hitting team that kind of no-showed. And it makes me wonder, the White Sox haven't played a meaningful game in two months. Yeah. And I think that might have showed. Yeah, I mean— This although- team was just—this team last—remember last year against Oakland— in the little like the, the 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 mini series that we had going into it in the COVID year, everything was kind of different. They looked just not ready, and then you see them go into this year, and it's kind of like, okay, maybe the White Sox. This is your time. You won your division, won by a landslide. People love your bullpen. You've made additions. You did trade deadline stuff. Here you go. They once again looked not ready. Well, I wondered though the Astros didn't really play for anything for the last month, did they? I mean, yeah, I know the AL West was still, like, closer than the AL Central, but, I mean, there was really no chance the Mariners and A's were catching them. So it kind of felt like they were in the same boat. I mean, M's got got the three games back, a month left in the season. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. I know what you mean. I I don't even think the Astros were scared. I think it was like, I think both them and the White Sox were kind of doing the same thing. Number two in the division of the Central finished 11 games out of first. Yeah, well, that was a long long way coming. I also think there's one big thing that Go nobody's try. talking about. I don't know if this is a Larusa thing to blame or a, or a player thing to blame, but in game two, it was a tie game. 
And Larry Garcia, who is normally a second baseman infielder, was playing right field. Mm-hmm. The Astros had retaken the lead at 5-4, to four, and there was two outs and two on, and a line drive fly ball was hit to right field. Leori Garcia got turned around. It went right over his head. I saw that. It was a catchable <clears throat> ball. It would have ended the inning at 5-4. to four. Very much so. Two runs scored 7-4. Next batter, Kyle Tucker, who's raking, by the way. Hit a two-run home run. Boy, I can't believe they're that loaded. Uh, nine to four was the final score of that game. All of those runs, all five of those runs came in one inning, capped by that terrible error by Larry Garcia. I think the whole series swung on that singular play, mm. just like the whole Rays-Red Sox series swung mm-hmm. on that singular play mm-hmm. in the extra innings of game three, is the White Sox looked ready in that game. They had tied that game. And that one defensive play is that makes the difference from five to four to nine to four. Five to four, hell yeah. Three or four innings left, sure. we can come back. Sure, sure, yeah, fine. you got a chance. Plus, you love your bullpen. Yep. Did and I see Liam Hendricks once? You saw him a couple times, I think. But you know what I mean? And it was weird. In the playoffs, managers will use their best relievers early. It felt like Larusa was using Kopech a lot and not getting to his big guys in really important situations. And what does Kopech do? Throws hard. Yes, he does. And... Well, it's all the whole team. Right. They have not one pitcher except for Dallas Keuchel who doesn't throw hard. Who's not on the roster, yeah. Um, you know what You know what I think is the most interesting about this, which is why we have spent the most time talking about the White Sox, is, and, and we'll use this as a quick little preview for the ALCS, uh, I don't know how good this Astros team is. I know they can hit. I know they're well-managed. I think Dusty Baker, this is one of the better Dusty Baker-managed teams of his tenure as a manager in Major League Baseball. But I don't know how good this team is. You know, like I said, I, I don't love their bullpen. I don't love their starters. They can hit, sure. Well, Lance McCullers is great. And and Lance has, has become kind of the high-leverage, big-game starter for them right now, especially with Verlander on the shelf and Cole in New York. Uh, but I don't know how good this team is. I don't. Did you see the potential disheartening news about Mr. McCullers? Noah. Forearm tightness. Well, nothing is disheartening for a bunch of cheaters, in my opinion. Shout out to the Chicago White Sox for, as you're getting blown out, throwing a trash can on the field, and then Jose Altuve going deep to make it even worse. Still a shout out. I love pettiness. So when it comes to Houston playing Boston in the American League Championship Series, look, Boston looked like a team that I haven't seen all year against Tampa. They look so good against Tampa, and I haven't seen that all year. And then Houston plays a team that I don't think is ready. I don't know how good. Baby, I ain't touching nothing when it comes to this series. I'm not touching prediction. I'm not touching Vegas. I'm not touching anything. The thing that would is similar with uh, with the situation against the White Sox. Who is the best offense in baseball? Houston Astros. The pitching has been better for the Red Sox, but it is still their weakness. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. But I would argue it's the Astros' weakness. I just don't know. I mean, probably going to get a lot of 10-8 to eight games, right? It's what it feels like. Yeah. It's the playoffs, so it won't be that extreme too often. But I, both offenses are good, but the Astros' offense is better. Both pitching staffs are struggling, but the Astros' staff is better. And that's like maybe by like a hair. Slivers, yeah. Maybe. And with McCullers out, it's probably the Red Sox' staff is better, actually. do you Are, are you alluding to the fact that this might boil down to Cora versus Baker? No, I'm alluding to the fact that I think the Astros' offense is is too good. 
So right you're now. taking the Astros. I am. I would probably lean towards them as well. Again, like I said, I don't feel comfortable picking. I mean, I know nothing's on the line here. I don't feel comfortable picking either team. Nobody's going to remember what you say. I know. Tomorrow. I know. I know. Nobody's listening anyway. And I just, I, my heart is broken that one of these two teams will be in the World Series. So let's go National League. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, cheaters on cheaters, Graham. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up. That's Mike Lynch. I'm Patrick Harris. Joe Fish behind the glass, 1080, the fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080, the fan. It's 951. We'll wrap this bad boy up. Boy, I can't. Honestly, man, I can't wait to be back next week and have everything flipped on their head. Mike, is there anything as we wrap this up and let, let's play a little fun for a moment? Is there anything uh, as we get into the LCSs? What do you What do you want to see? What do you want to see? Do you want to see hits? Do you want to see good management? Do you want to see good bullpen? Do you want to see starters go deep? What What What, what would tickle your fancy? I just want to see drama. You um, want to see drama, so just excitement. I want to see back and forth. Is, okay. Is kind of like that kind of drama. Someone like, goes up, someone ties it, someone another person goes yeah. up, things like that. The I, I want to see less of like every other game is unique and more like every game is every game is bonkers. Okay. Um you're looking for chaos as AJ McCord yells at me every day. You like chaos. I suppose. I just like the intense every inning it's like, well, this team just took momentum back, but what's this one player going to do here? You want to see shifts. Yeah, I like the momentum shifts. Well, it makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like watching yesterday's Dodgers-Giants game, you knew the Dodgers were winning. For sure. Like, it was a good game, but you knew. Well, Desclafani on the mound. And, and he had he didn't pitch well against the Dodgers. All Scherzer year, right? or Bueller did Bueller things. God, I love him. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, it's it's fun to watch. It's baseball, but it's not exactly what tickles my fancy in playoff baseball that raise red sox game three that's what i want yeah red sox go up raise chip away tie the game crazy crazy happens crazy event in extra innings the braves brewers game four uh brewers keep taking the lead braves keep chipping back clutch home run from freddie freeman in the eighth inning off of a really good races closer and uh it's that's what i love in baseball playoffs so I mean, if Red Sox Astros is anything like Astros Dodgers in the World Series was a couple of years ago, <laughs> that was nuts. I would love that. And it's like, you know, oh, it's six to five final score and both teams are hitting. And oh, but like this random game, look at how well, I don't know, uh, Valdez pitched for for Houston. Man, he really pitched well today, but that bullpen gave up two runs and all of a sudden it's four to three and it's the ninth inning. Like, that's what I want. Yeah, and I'm sure it won't shock you when I tell you I'm the complete opposite. Um, it's I, I'm 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 pulling for the Giants, uh, just in like a personal thing. I'm pulling for the Giants to beat the Dodgers, but then I don't get to see Walker Bueller or Max Scherzer, but I get to see Logan Webb, and I want to see Max Freed, and I'm willing to see some Nathan Eovaldi juju again in the playoffs. Uh, I'm here for starting pitching. I'm here for starting pitching because what I will always remember the 2020 World Series for, the same reason you will remember the 2020 World Series, 
is Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell early. Yep. That is the drama I love. One other I want to see I love seeing managers make calls that I instantly go bad idea. And not because I'm right or they're right or I'm wrong or they're wrong, but that's what I love. You know me, I'm I'm I get this like pitching weird thing in my brain. Well, you're a backseat manager. I'm a backseat manager and I have no problem being right. When Cash pulled Snell, I was like bad move, dude. And I turned out to be right. I, I wasn't right. I just situationally was right. You were right. That I We were all right. We all looked at that and said, You're an idiot. That's what I like to see. That's um, what I want to see. One other thing I would like as a request, and this does go a little bit against what I enjoy in uh <laughs> what is happening? You played the clothes music? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Joe wasn't paying attention. Uh <laughs> producer over here now is this goes against what I like in some senses but boy some of these strike zones have been really rough in the oh yeah I'd love to see better officiating that's for sure like like I, I, I know I've said that I like the umpires in the sport I like the human element these are the guys that we're picking yeah. why is Angel Hernandez and Joe West and whatever that guy was in, I don't know his name the, the, the big dude who called every ball a strike what are they doing in the playoffs, yeah, man? Yeah, I'd definitely like to see some better umping. Uh, but, yeah, that's because I'm a pitcher kid. So I'm right there with you. All right, we'll be back next what week. What was that call in Wander Franco? I agree. By I the agree. way, I was keeping an eye on it, Patrick. Thank you very much. My bad. You know right. me. I'm a jerk these days. I think Joe, I Joe hasn't talked think, for an hour and 15 minutes, but, oh, there he I is. think I know better than everyone now because I'm out and out and out and All right, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week, and we'll fill you back in on the playoffs. Make sure, dude, if if you're at a TV tomorrow, I'm going to say it. Screw Thursday Night Football. Watch Dodgers-Giants. That's what you want. I don't even know who's playing football tomorrow because I'm watching baseball. That's Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris, Joe Fisher. Go do something I would do. Like take over for Joe. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.